Hello, Libra Nation. I'm your host, Sophia Garfiasi, and this is Two Truths and a Tall Tale, a podcast that seeks to demystify what makes every zebra unique with a twist. Each week, my guest and I will play a game. The guest will share three statements about themselves, and then it's up to me to guess which of these statements is a lie, otherwise known as a tall tale. This week, I am joined by Mark Butler, a global partner manager who works remotely from Ohio. Hi, Mark. Hi, Sophia. How are you? Good. How are you? Awesome. Thanks. All right. Let's play the game. So tell me your three statements. All right. Number one, as a child, I taught myself how to juggle. Number two, as a teenager, I attended three different high schools in three years. Actually, three different high schools in four years, put it that way. And then statement three, as a young adult, I worked as a school bus driver. So I think I've learned from previous episodes that whenever someone puts a number in their statements, that could possibly be the lie. So I'm going to guess as a teenager, you attended high school in three cities. Is that your tall tale? No, actually, that is true. In three different, I went to three different high schools in four years. Okay, so I'm wrong, but I think there's a story behind this. Do you want to tell me about that? When I was little, uh, well, actually growing up throughout my whole school age career, my father worked for Seagram's, the company that was the liquor distiller, liquor manufacturer. And every couple of years, he would get transferred. So basically, we hardly lived anywhere more than two years growing up. And it's funny, one of the things that I was going to kind of share, or one of the things I was going to say as part of my, my truth is the most common question that I've always asked, and is, it was your dad in the military. And mm. no, but he worked for Seagram's, and every couple of years, he would get transferred. So every couple of years, I found myself going to a new school. Did you ever have trouble adjusting to these new places? Uh, did you have trouble making friends? Like, I know that's kind of what you know kids fear when they have to keep moving. Yes, 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 yes. There's a couple of good stories there. And actually, I consider myself an introvert, mm-hmm. which I think maybe makes it double hard when you have to move to go out and you know make new friends. It's not just getting used to a new environment or you know the, the new surroundings of a new home and a new city, you know, a new house, that kind of thing. But also the kids, the dynamics of of interpersonal relationships with other kids. And you know, kids can be rough too. Uh, but I am I definitely consider myself an introvert. And so it really did force me to kind of learn how to put myself out there over time. Um, I remember the time when I was I wasn't driving yet, so I was probably 14, 15 years old. I actually lived in Pittsburgh at the time, so I was about 14 years old. And, you know, most times when you, when a a kid would maybe get in trouble, the parents might ground them. In my case, my mom kicked me out of the house, not kicked me out, (laughs) kicked me out, but made me go out and play to go out and meet new kids because I've got, that was my punishment for getting in trouble. She was sick of me, you know, kind of moping around and being in the house, not putting myself out there to meet some of these new kids in in the neighborhood. That is so funny. Um, as an introvert, I can completely agree that <laughs> meeting new people is quite scary. Do you feel like it got easier maybe by the fourth or fifth move where you kind of like got this down? I know how to adjust. No, I, actually, I don't think it got easier because every time I moved, it was in a different place in my life. Now, looking back on it, because at the time, I definitely didn't think it got easier. But looking back on it, I can definitely see some of the benefits to, I think it helped me as an individual to be able to develop relationships with people. You know how they say the pendulum always swings from, you know, from one side to the other? Mm-hmm. Well, in my case, you know, I moved so much as a kid growing up. When I was in my early 30s and started a family, I said, my kids are never going to move. So the pendulum <laughs> swung back to the complete other direction. And there's probably a happy medium in there somewhere. Uh, but truth be told, my kids have never had to change schools. 
and my son is uh, going to be a senior next year in high school. My oh, daughter will be a freshman in high school. So knock on wood, maybe they still won't have to change schools. And so just from your job title, so you're a global partner manager. So you work with partners a lot. Um, I do. Tell me a little bit about that too. Well, in, in my role the, the, um, in the global partners group, uh, actually, I used to have a territory in, in my previous role where I had a few different states and all the partners in the states rolled up to me. Uh, but now I currently, being part of the global partners role, I have two partners that I work with primarily. One is HP and one is Toshiba. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm actually fortunate in that respect to be able to focus my time on two specific partners, but there's a lot of different <laughs> dynamics and moving parts, so I, I do get busy. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about working closely with those partners? I would have to say the strategic nature, the strategic aspect of what we can do together in the partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, each one brings different things and each one has different skill sets. Uh, and it actually, it does force me to to probably sharpen my skills. Uh, before I came in this role, I didn't have any really experience in retail at Zebra mm-hmm. or healthcare at Zebra. Most everything I'd done was was shop floor, manufacturing, distribution, that sort of thing. Uh, so it's actually, you know, being in this role and working with these two partners has really kind of forced me to sharpen my own skills. Yeah, a great developmental opportunity for sure. Of course, yes. So speaking of developmental opportunities, I learned that you're a participant in Toastmasters. I don't know too much about that. Would you mind telling us? Uh, we, we like burnt toast, burnt bread. Yeah, no, that's not what Toastmasters <laughs> right. is. Toastmasters is a, well, at least it's primarily known for people to go to become Toastmaster to become a better spe- public speaker. Okay. So somebody maybe who has challenges speaking in front of people uh, for, for whatever reason, you can join Toastmasters. And with Toastmasters, you have the opportunity really every week to get up in front of like-minded people and speak. Uh, you can actually do prepared speeches where you, you know, you may sign up a few weeks ahead of time, say, I want to give a speech on, you know, topic X or topic Y, and you can build out your speech and then have someone critique you very, very, um, what's the right word, constructively critique you. Uh, but then there, there's also opportunities to speak, uh, impromptu speaking at each meeting. And actually, I, I wish I would have joined Toastmasters a long time ago. I've only been doing it for about four years or so. One thing that most people don't think about is Toastmasters. There's also a lot of avenues to enhance your leadership skills as well. How, how did you end up in Toastmasters? Well, there is a professional tie-in. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my managers at the time, this probably goes back to 2013, uh, Drew Ehlers, he's still with the company. He, well, at the time, we had to create an individual development plan. So -hmm. basically goals that were maybe, uh, you know, aligned with work but weren't directly uh, tied to a work goal. Something that we want to do to improve our own individual performance or individual professional abilities. Uh, And if you've ever seen Drew speak, you'll know exactly why I'm saying this, but he's a really good speaker. And I wanted to kind of, I don't say emulate because that makes it seem like I'm as good as him, but I'm not. But I wanted to go down, start going down the path to become a better public speaker because I could saw I saw how he could hold an audience at the bottom of his hand, how he could just captivate a room with the way he spoke. Uh, so that year, I actually decided to uh, make that my goal. Yeah. So do you think it's helped you um, in meeting and managing those relationships with partners or even just presenting at a regular meeting at Zebra? Have you seen it benefit you in that way? Oh, I'd say without a doubt. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely without a doubt. Like I said, I wish I would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, four years. Always and, 2020, though. Yeah, four years and you haven't looked back, right? No, no, actually. And uh, I, I didn't mean for this to turn into a Toastmasters commercial. But I talked, <laughs> I've talked to other people at Zebra who were either thinking about 
something similar who are actually Toastmasters themselves. There's actually a fair mm -hmm. amount of people at Zebra who are, and a lot of people oh. may not realize that. No, I, I think public speaking is definitely a skill everyone should have. I mean, no matter how small or how big your audience, right, you want to be able to capture people with what you're talking about. Um, and I'm sure for introverts out there, public speaking is not always our favorite, right? So um, being able to kind of own that and be a great public speaker is, is a great skill. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm on my way. I'm not a great public speaker, but yes, being able to own it, you're 100% correct. Yes, as long as you're always looking to improve, that's great. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode, Mark, and thank you for listening, Zebra Nation. Curious about Mark's other two statements? I know I was. Stick around until the end to find out. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Two Truths and a Tall Tale. This series is produced by the Global Business Communications team with the goal of sharing the stories of the incredible people that make up Zebra. Make sure to check back every month for a new episode. If you would like to be on our podcast or know someone else who has a great story to share, reach out to us. And if you enjoyed this episode, let us know in the comments below. I'm curious about the other statements, though. So you didn't learn how to juggle. No, no, I did not learn <laughs> how to juggle. I, I was trying to come up with three different statements. And one of them, one of the statements I used was, I, was a, I, I know how to ride a unicycle and juggle. I thought the juggling aspect of it would be the tall tale. I can ride a unicycle. Oh, so you can ride the unicycle. That's I, fun. I, I, can, I can ride a unicycle, yes. Okay. How did... I can't, I can't juggle, though. No? How, how did you even get into riding a unicycle? I, I know like maybe like one other person that knows how to do it. It was not by choice. Uh, at oh. the time, being a kid, at, at the time when I was a kid, back in those days, again, I, I got in trouble. I guess I was getting in trouble a fair amount. I got in trouble for doing something against my parents' wishes. And at the time, I, I had a unicycle and I had a bike. And I was a kid. My parents grounded me for my bike. And oh. I had nothing, nothing else to ride, so I taught myself how to ride a unicycle. So you just went around the neighborhood on your unicycle? Uh, well, I don't know if I go around the neighborhood. It's not the most comfortable thing to ride from <laughs> distances. But, but, but yeah, exactly. I, it gave me something to do, and at least I could pedal my way somewhere. Yeah, well, now you have half the equation. So if you really do want to learn how to juggle, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. It's not, not high my list of priorities, but uh, yeah. And so your statement three, you worked as a school bus driver. That is also true. Wow. That is also true. Out of yes. choice or not out of choice? Uh, no, no, actually, I, I mean, it, I guess I'll, I'll say this. I think it's the best part-time job you can ever find. Really? At the, at the time I was in school, college, and I needed benefits. Mm -hmm. And I needed a job that, especially a job where you could, I could work four hours a day and get full coverage for myself, benefits for myself. Uh, and the hours, you know, early in the morning for a couple hours and then mid-afternoon for a couple hours. So I had the whole day off for classes or what have you. And mm -hmm. it was, so, I mean, for a part-time job, I really don't think you can beat it. Yeah, that's not a part-time job I heard any of my peers talk about. No, I was it's, not, it's, it's not typical. I was, no. I, I was 21 years old when I started and, and actually was driving kids who were, some of them are high, high schoolers, only a few years younger than me. So it was a little hard to be the disciplinarian and having to maybe discipline someone on the bus, but I oh, yeah. it. Amazing. <laughs> Those sound like amazing experiences. 